Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I'm your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into SST on Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, and, of course, on YouTube. We are here with our week three picks. Currently, through two weeks, hasn't been very kind to us, the NFL, but it's a long season. We're not getting discouraged. You shouldn't be discouraged either. If you turn around after week two and you're done and you tap in and throw the white flag, you're not built for this. We're trying to be built for this. So I'm Pete Kennedy joining me all year for the picks, of course. My guy, Pat Boyle, Patty B. What's up, my guy? Yo, what's up, Pete? Let's go, man. We got to start a, start a winning streak here. Week three, we had, you know, we had the week one with all the surprises. Then we had bounce back week two. There were still a lot of surprises, a lot of collapses, uh, a lot of losses that should have been wins, but excuses are out the door now. Week three is when the boys become men. Let's go. And Pat right now sitting at three and seven combined. I'm at four and six combined. And last but not least, Mark Lugan also uh, three and seven. Mark, how you doing today? Uh Pete, you know, it hasn't been going great um, these last two weeks. You know, three and seven. Um, we have another horrible week like last week. You're going to see me doing this podcast from the street and not in this room because I don't think I can afford to pay rent anymore. So, yeah. But I plan on doing this podcast next week from this exact room so you can bet on a winning week this week. There we go. It's only a matter of time. And listen, week one and week two are the weeks where we're learning all sorts of new stuff about these teams, but we're also – making sure that we're cautious, that we're not overreacting to one result, to one score, to one player making a big-time play that changed the outcome of a bet, right? Like, for example, Pat made his video. If you haven't seen it, go to his Twitter at PatBoyle44 talking about the Yankee game. He also mentioned his Steelers teaser. He had up to plus 7.5, which was covered the whole time until a last-second lateral mistake where the Browns come back and score a touchdown for no reason at all. Right. So these types of events, these types of results, they are not the truth. They are not the process. If you put too much emphasis on some of those results, then you just don't have uh, you won't have all the answers. You're not going to be able to make the right decision moving forward if you just put all your eggs in the results basket. So without further ado, we're going to get into our picks. First things first, we do have to talk about our friends over at Raycon Wireless Earbuds, because lately Guys, I've been listening to an album called The Forever Story by J.I.D. He is a fantastic rapper, hip-hop artist, and I've known him for a couple of years now. He's been a great feature on many different occasions uh, in, amongst various artists. This is his first new album that he's put out in a couple of years. It is fantastic, and it sounds the best on my Raycon wireless earbuds. These everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They have optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, because I hear people talking about earbuds, and I hear people saying, they don't fit my ears. They're uncomfortable. They fall out all the time. Not the case with these optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. They also give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are also priced just right. You get that high-quality audio that we all want, we all need, whether it's a podcast or music, for half the price of other audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. My favorite feature is the awareness mode or the noise isolation mode because it depends on where you're at. It depends on what you're doing when you're listening to your music or podcast. If you're out and about walking around, I'm walking my dog, I need to hear what's going on around me. I need to hear if there's a car coming or who knows what. When I'm locked in, I'm tapped in, getting those final notes for my gambling picks on a Thursday night. I got to be in noise isolation mode. I'm in the lab and I'm listening to every single sound. So what can you do 
To get involved, you can go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com. Score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. All right, let's talk about our picks here. Pete Kennedy, Pat Boyle, and Mark Shen Lugan are live. Pat, why don't you kick us off? I feel the confidence spewing from all of us for week three. So, Pat, hit us with a winner off the jump. Uh, yeah, let's go to teams that I uh, I think have very, very slim chances of losing. So, money line parlay. Let's go with the Chiefs on the road against Indianapolis. And when this line first came out and it was six and a half, it seemed like the most public underdog play I've seen probably in the first three weeks. And that is, and and like you see like six and a half. And as somebody now that we wrestle with ourselves, like, okay, desperation mode versus how well the Chiefs have played. But we know there's some concerns with the Chiefs still, even through two games in terms of the defense and replacing Tyreek Hill. Um, and the first, literally my first feeling was six and a half. I was like, wow, feels like a spot where the Colts come out season. It feels like it's on the line and they give you a hell of a battle. That being said, Pete, and this line has reflected what I feel is the sentiment for a lot of betters and that it is, it feels like a very public play for the Colts. Now, look, the spread, could they cover? It's now five and a half here on DraftKings. Could they cover it? Perhaps, um, you know, if they're able to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor, but I think overall, it's too simple, and we've watched – I've watched too much football. Unfortunately, I've watched too much Colts football here over the first two weeks to just chalk it up and say, oh, they're going to bounce back. No, they have a lot, a lot of problems going on right now. Uh, that offensive line, Quentin Nelson, you know, he's basically the only one that's been performing. Otherwise, uh, that offensive line has not done anything uh, in terms of establishing a superior run game like they had last year. And then you go to the fact that, look, I said it all offseason. I said the fact that they were kicked Carson Wentz to the curb and thought Matt Ryan in his mid-30s, you know, in the twilight of his career is all of a sudden, you know, going to be the savior for them and get them to a Super Bowl. No way. And it has absolutely reflected that in the first couple of weeks. Now you got Michael Pittman, who seems to be, uh, you know, close to 100% now. Can that make a difference for them? Sure. But look, Chiefs are, are, are very, very good. They've answered so many of the questions here in the first two weeks about the concerns that we had for them. Uh, the defense looks like it picked up where it left off in the second half of last year. And look, that pass rush is is playing as well as it has in the first two weeks. So Chris Jones and Frank Clark getting after Matt Ryan. He's probably going to throw one, maybe two picks. So, look, I love the you know just just asking the Chiefs to win this game. I think is a is close to a lock. And then just like Joe Burrow and the Bengals aren't panicking, I am not panicking either. We've seen how pathetic the offensive line has been here through the first two weeks. I understand that. I understand that there's some problems. And again, when you look at the Jets and you look at this spread, is this something that, uh, you know, Joe Flacco could potentially cover at plus six? Again, maybe, but the Jets to win this game, I know they beat the Bengals last year. I know it was the legend of Mike White that did it. Uh, not happening again this year. It's uh, not happening again. Um, you know, I expect the Bengals offensive line to be a little bit better than they've been the first couple of weeks. Burrow's going to get back on the same page with Jamar Chase. Uh, and the Jets pass rush is nowhere near as good as the Cowboys with Micah Parsons, um, you know, coming after Burrow. So I expect, you know, for a big bounce back here, then work, work out a lot of kinks, uh, a lot of the issues they had in the first two weeks. And I simply still believe that the Jets are not that good. They should be 0-2, uh, if not for that miracle comeback against the Browns. So Chiefs money line, Bengals money line, minus 101. 
a get-right spot for the Bengals, a continued dominant spot for the Chiefs, and Gus Bradley is the name that has to be mentioned with the Colts' defense. Mahomes has experience against him. Mahomes has success against him. So for all that mumbo-jumbo about the Colts figuring it out in Week 3, Patrick Mahomes has something to say about it. Mark Shin Lugan, why don't you hit us with your first pick of Week 3? Well, you know, Pat kind of stole my thunder. My first pick is as well parlaying the Kansas City Chiefs with the Cincinnati Bengals money line at minus 101 right now on DraftKings. Um, look, I'm not going to get into everything Pat said because he pretty much laid it out. Um, the Colts, it, honestly, this line seems like the biggest trap of the NFL season. I don't know how this is five and a half. Um, it, it's, it's honestly crazy, but I'm going to go with and say Vegas has this one insanely wrong. I think the Chiefs just destroy them. I don't know what's going on with the Colts right now. They're trying to work. Working Matt Ryan with the new offense, and it's just it's just not working right now. You get shut out by Jacksonville one week. I don't see you beating Kansas City the next. Um, and then you've got the Cincinnati Bengals, who, you know, Joe Burrow has scrubbed his Instagram, scrubbed his Twitter. I heard he's even stopped smoking cigars in the locker room after the game. Um, hopefully this is the week they figure it out. I mean, it has to, right? The Jets should be 0-2, as Pat said. I can't see the Bengals going 0-3. So, Bengals Chiefs money line parlay minus 101 pick one. Let's get back on the road to victory here. So a locked in pick between Pat and Shen doesn't happen every day. Uh, you guys have shared some of the same legs, but this is the first bet that you guys have the same exact uh, the same exact bet. Chiefs money line, Bengals money line. Uh, hopefully there's no blow up spot for you where Joe Flacco is being deemed the savior again because I think uh, you guys might be doing it from a closet and covering your face because you'll be embarrassed if that happens again. But listen, that's a game that makes sense to me, and I think everybody loves that pick. Hopefully it's one of those loving picks that doesn't bite you in the ass, right? So I like that. I'll move on to my first pick. My first pick is going to be Raiders minus two at the Tennessee Titans. This is a mixture pick of a fade of the Tennessee Titans, who I think are not very good. And plus the Raiders are going to figure it out how to finish a game. They were in it against the Chargers. They were obviously in it against the Cardinals and should have won that, would have won that in many of the various outcomes if you replayed that game over and over again. I think this team's just better, right? You look at the Titans now too. They got smoked by the by the Buffalo Bills. A lot of teams are going to get smoked by the Bills this year. The Titans also struggled with the Giants. They can't move the ball. The offense is not very successful. And even if Hunter Renfro is out for the Las Vegas Raiders, I don't really care. That might mean that Devontae Adams gets peppered even more, and that's a win for the Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr is the better quarterback in this matchup. The offense for the Raiders is better. The pass rush for the Raiders is going to make Tannehill's life uh, difficult like it was last week against the Bills. So this is a mixture pick, a fate of the Titans, who I don't think are very good. If this game was played six weeks down the road, I think the Raiders are a five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half-point favorite. That's how much better I think the Raiders are. The Raiders aren't the Bills, but they're sure as hell better than the New York Giants. So Raiders minus two at the Tennessee Titans, the Titans stink. Yeah, you know, Pete, unfortunately, I am I, I have to jump off my Raiders train here in terms of a betting standpoint for a week. They've got to show me something, right? Because they should be one and one. They were one of the three epic collapses last Sunday, 20 nothing lead at half against Arizona. You'd expect them to bounce back here at home. Um, and again, you know, I talked about being there's being on the wrong side, and then there's being on the wrong side with the Tennessee Titans, who I thought we were gonna show you a lot more uh against the Buffalo Bills. And unfortunately, they just they are not the same team. So, and I thought Vrabel was going to coach them up better. It was a disaster. So, uh, you know, look, do they have now that these teams are both in desperation mode? Do they, you know, show up 
you know, I, I like that pick because I think the Raiders are still the better team. So at home, they should be able to win that game. All right, pick number two for me. Uh, let's go back to the well. Patty B, same game, teaser. Uh, and give me the Ravens plus three and a half and under 51 and a half against the New England Patriots. That is minus 110 odds. Uh, first, let's talk about some injuries here because I know both of these teams are banged up. Now, is J.K. Dobbins you know, going to suit it up on Sunday. That's left to be seen. Otherwise, it's going to be Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis. Uh, but look, Lamar Jackson, it starts and ends there with me on the offense in terms of backing the Ravens. He is playing at that MVP level. He's having the Aaron Judge season. You know, that was the storyline through two weeks. Lamar Jackson has done basically absolutely nothing wrong. He has been phenomenal. He showed it again last week against Miami. It was the defense that cost them this game. And that is where you... That is where I'm taking the insurance here, getting them up to a, you know, three and a half points uh, as a dog because, you know, look, they were absolutely pathetic trying to close that game out against Miami. Now, of course, the Patriots do not have, are not the same building, let alone the same room uh, with the weapons that the New England Patriots have versus the Dolphins. But Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, limited practice on Thursday, waiting to see what they did on Friday. But either, but obviously they're going to be questionable going into the weekend. And that secondary was torched. Uh, I thought they were going to be stepping up and having a, a, a tremendous year. Again, could it be Waddle and, and uh, Tyreek Hill that, that caused a ton of issues that other teams won't, perhaps. Uh, but either way, I think even if New England somehow squeaks this one out, it's not by more than a field goal. This offense is still has a lot of issues. We saw that against Pittsburgh. We've seen it for two weeks now. I mean, what, they're averaging 12 points a game. They have a lot of trouble moving the ball, and when they get in the red zone, it seems like all they can do is, is kick field goals. So uh, that Ravens pass rush and the uh, the run defense should at least be able to once again slow down New England. And uh, and and again, I'm taking the under 51 and a half here, getting that up a couple points just because I don't see any way the Patriots score more than 24, 27 points in this one. Uh, if that, even if they get to 20. So uh, I would expect the Ravens to win this game. I would expect them to win it. I would hope quite comfortably. But uh, again, this is the this is what the same game teaser is for. So if the Ravens lose, it's not going to be my more than a field goal. Patriots aren't putting up more than 27 points. So Ravens plus three and a half, under 51 and a half, minus 110 odds. Mark? You know, leave it to Pat to uh, Lamar Jackson plays two games. We're going to compare it to the 150-game body of work judges put together so far for this season. And not to mention he blew a 35-14 second-half lead last week as well for the for the Ravens. But Right, because that was his fault at all. Because he basically scored on every single drive except for one. So do you going to credit Tua then? Because you, you can't have it both ways here. I did credit Tua. I said on the podcast earlier this week, I said he had a great game. He had a great fourth quarter. Uh, albeit those touchdowns he threw were underthrown basically every single time. So he's still not a great quarterback, still doesn't have a good arm. You know, again, I think it was, I don't know if it was Peters or Humphrey is literally all they have to do is turn around on that underthrown ball at 35, 21 and it's picked and that's the game. And there is no comeback. One one ball out of the six touchdowns he threw and 500 yards he threw for, but again, I said, I I gave him, I said, I gave him credit, but I mean, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is going to go on and have 5,000 yards and 70 touchdowns this year, but for, right. through two games, he's on pace to have a phenomenal season. I was just asking for one good drive in the second half to put the game away, but I, I, I digress. We'll go to my my second pick. Jamar Chase, anytime touchdown this week against the New York Jets and that laughable secondary that they have. Um Look, there's a couple of ways this game plays out. The obvious one, the Bengals blow the Jets out where – 
Jamar Chase is definitely going to score if the Bengals put up uh, anywhere in the, you know, four, four, three to four touchdowns that I think they'll put up in this game. Or the Bengals get into a slugfest with the Jets and Joe Flacco, in which they're going to have to throw the ball over the place anyway, and Jamar Chase scores in that scenario as well. Um, Amari Cooper went for over 100 yards and a touchdown last week against the Jets. There's no reason that with the Bengals being 0-2, that Jamar Chase will not have a high level of urgency in this one, as well as Joe Burrow to perform well in this game to get him the ball. So, and then you get the plus odds on top of it, plus 110. So give me Jamar Chase, plus 110 anytime TD this week against the Jets for pick number two. Straight up prop for pick number two, Mark. I like it. I mean, it just screams value to me, Pete. Yeah, and with Jamar Chase, too, it's one of those things like you almost like when he doesn't score uh, a week before, before. right? Because it's it feels like he's going to end up with 13, 14 touchdowns this year. And based off odds, if he don't score one week, he might score the next very well. Uh, plus yeah. 110, not, some, not bad juice either. Uh, on to my third pick. I'm going with another straight bet. I'm going to go Falcons pick them at the Seattle Seahawks. The Falcons have proven something this year. They can move the ball. They can run the ball a little bit and they can make things happen with Marcus Mariota at quarterback and the Seahawks on the flip side cannot. They've played one half of good offensive football this season. Other than that, they've been basically abysmal, unable to move the ball, unable to get their playmakers in space. The run game is non-existent right now in the league. The Seahawks are second to last in yards per game at 234 yards per game. Only team worse is the Chicago bears. The bears are a laughing stock offensively right now, the Seahawks should be considered pretty close to the same thing. The Falcons, on the other hand, you know, Marcus Mariota is not a game breaker. He's not going to absolutely light it up. You don't expect a six touchdown performance from Marcus Mariota like Tua Tunga Viola, but you do expect the run game with Cordero Patterson and himself to be cooking. You do expect Kyle Pitts at some point to get involved with this game. And Drake London's looked really strong as a rookie wide receiver down in Atlanta. So I think this is not priced correctly again. Another one like my first pick, the Falcons, if this was in a couple weeks, would be minus three points even in Seattle. That's how bad I think the Seahawks are looking right now and how solid, surprisingly solid that the Falcons are. So I'm going Falcons pick them at the Seattle Seahawks. Mariota over Geno Smith. Is that even worth saying? I'm not sure, but I'm riding the Falcons with their impressive competition level so far this year. And now they play a bad team and they're going to look like a decent one themselves. All right, pick number three. Let's go down to Landover, Maryland. Give me the Patty B same game teaser once again. Uh, now, look, I've been uh, I've been on the Eagles train since before the season. I said they're going to win the NFC East. I said I expected Jalen Hurts to step up this year. They have, but let's wait a minute here because this spread to me is borderline out of control. Six and a half on the road against the Washington Commanders. Um, and to me, the over-under is, is slightly a little low, too, considering both these teams uh, have put up a ton of points so far through two weeks. So let's go. Let's get Washington up to 11.5, Commanders plus 11.5, get the over down to 37.5. That's minus 110 odds. Um, you know, I was dead wrong saying the Titans, as a big underdog, could uh, cover and beat the Bills, but I'm going to say this again. I think the Commanders probably could cover and win this game against the Eagles uh, but I will take the insurance when I can get it here. Uh, you know, again, look, Jalen Hurts has looked phenomenal. He has looked fantastic. AJ, AJ Brown has been everything they hoped he has been so far. Um, and the running game, you know, with Sanders and then getting Kane well, 
uh, off the bench there as the number two has, has been really a good compliment. Plus, you got Hurts running the ball. We know what he can do. Um, and then that defense. I think that defense last week, I don't want to put too much stock in it. Slay was great. Maddox was great. You know, being advantageous, picking off Kirk Cousins. But let's be honest, that was like that was picturesque, quintessential Monday night football. Kirk Cousins just throwing shit up for grabs, making awful decisions. Um, so I, I don't want to say now all of a sudden that Philadelphia's defense is uh, is an elite, um, you know, is an elite team yet as they're on the defensive side. Plus, look, Carson Wentz has been throwing the damn football pretty well, right? The connection with with Scary Terry is still there. Jahan Dotson, the rookie from Penn State, has made some incredible leaps and bounds so far early on in the year. And look, I mean, they've got Curtis Samuel coming out of the slot, who's been a weapon. This offense is pretty damn good. Plus, you still got the running back duo of Gibson McKissick, which hasn't even been – they haven't been running the ball as nearly well as they usually do. So you've got all that going on for Washington. I expect them to be able to put up at least 20, 21 points against the Eagles here. Um, and then, you know, they're still getting after the quarterback. I know Chase Young's out for the year. But Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen in the middle, and, and Montez Sweat coming off the edge, they're still averaging two and a half sacks per game. That's one of the best in the National Football League. Um, and to me, it's going to come down to whether or not the, this secondary can slow down A.J. Brown. Uh, if they can limit that deep ball from Quez Watkins, you know, he's a little he's, – he's had some uh, questionable tags on him in practice this week. So if he doesn't play, I like it a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, so far through two games, as somebody that has Devontae Smith on my fantasy team, didn't even touch the ball week one. Monday night, they got him a lot more involved. Uh, but I think if they can limit A.J. Brown, you know, you take a, 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 you know, a huge element out of this Eagles offense. And I would expect Washington and, and Riverboat Ron to come up with a good game plan to keep this game close. So Commanders plus 11 and a half. I still think there is a decent amount of points in this one over 37 and a half. That's minus 110. Yeah, with Carson Wentz, you expect some points. Even if they're losing, he's kind of best when he's down big and gets to just sling. You know, you might get some interceptions, but you might get some spectacular plays where they put some points on the board and backdoor cover, even if they're down big. The weird thing about that commander's lines game last week, and I bet the commander's plus one, I didn't feel terrible about it. I was just upset that I chose commanders over Jaguars because that was my sixth pick. If I was, were to make one, uh, the running attack for Detroit on paper looks like it had a good game, but Amon Ross St. Brown had a 58 yard run and Deandre Swift had a 50 yard run. That's 108 yards of their 191 on the ground. So DeAndre Swift only had six yards on four carries if you take away his big long one there. So will the Eagles rushing attack, which has been so damn strong, do a more consistent and better job? I think it will, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your pick is bad because if they're running the ball well, they're not putting up crooked numbers very often and they're not putting up quick, quick scores very often. I think it'll be a slower grind. You'll still get the over, but it won't be like, all of a sudden the Eagles are up 30 to nothing uh, with a bunch of big plays. I think it'll be much closer than that. So I, I like that pick, Patty. All right. So it's my turn. Pick three. Minnesota Vikings plus three and a half for leg one of this two-team parlay. Um, tough loss last week in primetime with Kirk Cousins. He continues to show us all what he's made of in those spots. Um, but they are back in Minnesota at home for this one, taking on the Detroit Lions in a bounce-back spot. Uh, Lions will also be playing their first road game of the season here. So very interesting to see how they uh, perform on the road as opposed to at home. Um, I think the Vikings just get back on track this week in this divisional battle. Um, and if they do somehow lose this game, I don't think it will be by more than a field goal. So I think Vikings at three and a half should be solid enough. Get Dalvin Cook going in this game and then open it up for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Uh, leg two. 
Los Angeles Rams against the Arizona Cardinals. That had to be the flukiest win in week two outside of that miracle the Jets pulled at, at the uh, at the horn. Down 20 to nothing in Vegas. They somehow come back, win the game. Kyler Murray runs around for three and a half hours on the one-two point conversion and gets in. But that's not happening this week. The Arizona Cardinals, if you look at their history, they have a hard enough time beating the Rams when they have DeAndre Hopkins, and he's still not back this week. Aaron Donald will get to Kyler Murray, and so will the rest of the Los Angeles Rams. They'll get to two and one this week. They just have Arizona's number. And like I said, I've seen enough of the Cardinals offense without Hopkins. I still have no idea how they won that game last week. So give me Vikings plus three and a half and give me the Rams. Parlay that together for minus 110, practically your normal spread bet for anything else during the, during the week for, uh, for pick three. Interesting. You basically took nine points for the Vikings and then only three, three and a half for the Rams. So it still averages out to a pretty standard teaser odds. Obviously you just said minus minus one ten. but well, what are the, what are the Vikings right now? Uh, minus six. <laughs> when I looked at this a couple nights ago, this was three and a half for them. It, yeah. They're, they're currently oh, has the line ballooned that much for Minnesota. It, yeah, it's minus six right now on DraftKings. I'm looking at it as we speak, but well, that's I mean, interesting. your odds might not be minus 110 currently. Uh, might not anymore. Yeah, because like right now you have nine and a half points on the spread for the Vikings and three and a half on the spread for the Rams. So it's probably more of like a minus 120, minus 125, but nonetheless, like it's still relatively close to uh, that threshold that we're looking for. Uh, but, but it's just another interesting way to look at the teaser life, right? To look at that. Uh, parlay life where you're putting together two different numbers that you like, you don't have to do six and six. You don't have to do five and a half and five and a half. You can do, you know, eight points on one, uh, four points on the other. It does work like that too. So that's what kind of what you ended up doing there. Uh, even if it's, it's minus minus one fourteen right now, actually, Pete, just minus check. One, there you go. Minus, minus one fourteen. Not too shabby. All right. On to my third pick. I'm going with another straight bet. I'm on the straight bets this week. I'm not getting too fancy. There's a bunch of games that I like. Uh, right now, I'm going with another favorite. It's the Ravens, minus three at the Patriots, similar to what Pat was describing with his same-game teaser there. He had plus three and a half, under 51 and a half. I think the Ravens are just straight up a much better team than the New England Patriots. Even without the complete health of the defensive backfield for Baltimore, you look at this bunch and you say the Patriots are not the type of team to take advantage of those injuries. They're not going to all of a sudden be pushing the ball down the field with great success because they haven't done it even for a second yet this year, other than one big pass to uh, Nelson Aguilar, and that's about it. It's been dinking and dunking and struggling to get points on the board for the Patriots. The Ravens' offense, even with no running game uh, outside of Lamar Jackson right now, is reeling. And the Patriots' defense, not a juggernaut at this point. Yeah, they have the opportunity to get better throughout the season as we move on, but right now, this offense for Baltimore is too damn strong. I don't care that it's in New England. I take Lamar Jackson and whoever he has out there as Bateman starts to look better and better. Duvernay looks like he can be a consistent weapon for them. And you always got Mark Andrews wreaking havoc from the inside out. So the Ravens minus three is a pick I really like here. Obviously, I wish it was two and a half, but I think the Ravens win this by a touchdown. And it comes down to the fact that the Patriots cannot keep up with Lamar in any way offensively. So even if the Ravens defense looks mediocre, I still see them outscoring the Patriots by a good enough chunk to cover that minus three. So Ravens minus three at the New England Patriots. That's my third pick. And uh, before we move on to your next pick, Pat, we actually have some other notes, some other words to say from our friends. We're talking about them throughout this whole podcast. It's DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL action's in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdown 
touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. So use that wisely, right? You don't have to make a super slick bet. You don't have to bet a spread. You just got to bet on any NFL team to win. If they do, you get $200 in free bets. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. If you're listening to my guy, Pat Boyle, with his same-game teaser, that fits up into the same-game parlay action. You get one that's normally minus 110, then boom, step it up to get that 100% boost. Up to 100% on any of those plays with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down all stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. So that deal is not going anywhere. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPM to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Pat Boyle, pick number four. We're flying through. All right, so I was thinking about doing another same-game teaser with the Lions. The only thing that scared me away is the over-under I'm not – I have no – honestly, I have no idea what you're going to get in terms of the uh, the scoring in this game. You know, I could see it being another 30-30 shootout. I could see this being in the teens with the defenses. It's going to come down to the red zone, and that's where, you know, I feel confident with how the Lions have performed in the red zone on offense this year. Um, and that is why I'm going to do uh, a, a spread teaser here. Let's get the Lions up to plus 10 and a half, and then – like Mark was saying, I agree with everything he was saying about the Rams. I'm actually going to get them up to three and a half as a dog. I don't think they, I think they win this game, but I, you know, again, I'll take the insurance whenever I can get it. So I think uh, the Rams, if they lose this game, it ain't by, it ain't going to be by more than a field goal. So Lions plus 10 and a half parlayed with the Rams plus three and a half. That's minus one Oh three odds, you know, really quickly on Detroit, you know, they've been that plucky, you know, hard nosed team that we kind of thought they'd be under Dan Campbell. And, you know, through the first two games, they get they get out to a huge lead uh, against Washington and then nearly blow it. And in week one, they are getting blown out by Philadelphia and they come back and they make it tough. I think you see that somewhere, the balance somewhere in the middle here. I think the ebbs and flows are a little bit more back and forth rather than lot one-sided one way and totally lopsided the other way in the second half. Uh, and kind of the same thing with Minnesota too, right? Like they got out to a big lead early against Green Bay. They held it. Uh, and then they were getting blown out. Uh, basically from the start, you know, midway through the second quarter when Philly went up by two scores and Kirk Cousins just started pressing every time they got in the red zone. Uh, but look, Jared Goff has been phenomenal. He really has. He's, he's been phenomenal. That offense has been great. One of the best passing attacks through the first two weeks. I'm on Russ St. Brown. I tweeted the other day, half jokingly, half serious. I'm on Russ St. Brown for MVP. Uh, he's been fantastic, especially in the red zone, the plays he's making. Um, and Pete, you know, you said they, the running game hasn't been that great, but they do have a propensity to break off huge runs, whether it's DeAndre Swift, whether it's on the, the wide receiver ends around. Um, you know, they're averaging, what, 180 yards on the ground so far through the first two weeks. So uh, they've been – it's the third best rushing attack through the first two weeks. So they, they even if they don't get, a, you know, consistent runs, they get the big chunk plays so far. Um, and this is a Minnesota Vikings defense that I think is suspect, that I think can be had. I think Harrison Smith – He's banged up. If he doesn't play, that is a huge loss for that secondary. That can open up golf for throwing over the top. And Minnesota, their cover defense, their nickel packages are going to be hurting. Um, and then you look at the Detroit defense. Yeah, they haven't been really good, you know, at all. But, you know, again, if they can get a little bit of pressure on Cousins, we've seen so far he is turnover prone. 
You know, Sunday, one o'clock window, this feels like a really good bounce back spot for Minnesota. But again, I'm expecting Detroit to continue to, to be the type of team they've been. And that's been cover Kings. That's been teams that play well when they're dogs two and zero against the spread this year. I think they make this a close game. Um, and again, I think they keep it within 10 and then with the Rams, you know, again, I'm not going to go too far into it. I think they're just overall the better team. Like Mark said, they've owned Arizona, uh, especially about DeAndre Hopkins. This, this matchup becomes even more lopsided. James Connor's not a hundred percent. And I think Arizona, again, fortunate to win that game when they were getting blown out at half against Vegas. I still think they have a lot of issues and this Rams defense should be up to the task against an offense missing its number one weapon and Rondell Moore is most likely going to be out again on Sunday. So Rams plus three and a half lions plus 10 and a half minus one Oh three odds. Okay. Uh, pick four for me. Another two team parlay. Cause what else are we going to do here? Buffalo bills, money line leg one. Look, I'm going to ride the train until the wheels fall off here. I mean, has any team looked better through the first two weeks? The answer is no. Um, I'd be much more concerned with Buffalo if they were playing a one and one or zero and two team this week, because maybe you think that, you know, they're feeling themselves a little bit and they have a little bit of a letdown on the road, but this is a divisional game against the two and zero Miami dolphins. And who would have thought you'd be, who would have thought you'd be saying that before, before the season? Um, Miami had a very emotional long comeback last week, you know, down 35, 14 came back one forty two thirty eight. 38. Um, the Buffalo bills are not the Baltimore Ravens. If Lamar Jackson can throw all over you, Josh Allen will definitely be able to throw all over you. And I know Buffalo's defense is a little banged up. They might be without ball starting safeties, but Jordan Poyer probably will go in this one, I'm thinking. Micah Hyde's already been rolled out. Um, Buffalo defense is overall miles better than Baltimore's. So give me the Bills to continue to stay hot here, make a statement, go to 3-0, and and get the win down to Miami for, for leg one. And then leg two, look, I know the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – they're a little banged up at the wide receiver position, but plus seven and a half here should be enough against Green Bay, especially with the way they destroyed them last year. Devontae Adams is not on the Green Bay Packers anymore. Um, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, outside of that garbage time, garbage time touchdown they gave up last week to the Saints when it was 20 to three, have given up a total of six points up until that point on the season, shutting down two pretty good offenses. And one performance at home for Rodgers against the Bears at Lambeau is not going to convince me that that offense is back and rolling. So give me the Bills money line and give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus seven and a half in this one. That should be more than enough points. I still think they went out right, but seven and a half, that should be easy money. So you parlay, parlay those two together and that's sitting around minus 110 right now. Uh, very well. Ride the bills until the wheels fall off. I think a lot of people will have a similar attitude when you look like such a juggernaut. It's hard to to stay away. That is one of the straight bets that people have been talking about. Maybe the Dolphins can keep it close and end up covering that number. But getting them at money line, obviously, you're going to feel good about that. And Packers, Bucks, both offenses aren't very explosive right now. So getting more than a touchdown on that number feels really, really nice. So I like that bet. Shen, and on to my fourth pick. I'm going with my only non-straight bet of the week. I'm going to go with a teaser here. I'm going to take the Panthers plus eight and a half and the Cowboys plus eight on Monday night. I've teased the Panthers before and it worked out really. I maybe a little bit higher on the Panthers than some other people right now. And it hasn't turned into any wins, but it has turned into them playing close games, especially against teams that are not world beaters, right? Like the Browns are a good team. We know they're going to be solid even without Deshaun Watson. They're not world beaters. The Panthers are right there in it. 
had a chance to win. The Panthers are right there in it against the Giants, another team that's not very good, and they could have, should have, would have won that one as well. Now they play the Saints. Jameis Winston's banged up. Their offense hasn't looked that spectacular. Their defense is looking much more normal than it has in years past. I think this Panthers game uh, with the Saints is going to be very close, and you get it up to eight and a half. You get through the three, through the seven, on the teaser, up to eight. This is as much a bet on the Panthers getting a little bit better every week with Baker Mayfield at the helm as it is a bet against the Saints being able to completely put a team away, especially in division like the Carolina Panthers. So I love that getting eight and a half. As for the Cowboys on Monday night, they're playing the New York Giants. You're getting through the three, through the seven, again, up to plus eight for the Cowboys. This pass rush has been giving fits to all of their opponents so far this year. It's going to be the same story again Monday night for Daniel Jones, and he's obviously prone to those big mistakes. The Giants definitely have a chance to win this game. Me and Pat discussed their opportunity to truly get to 4-0, and which is still mind-blowing to say out loud, but that's why I love this teaser leg, getting them up to plus eight are the Cowboys, because the Giants can still win their stupid, ugly, unimpressive way with their crappy offense and their mediocre to somewhat decent defense they can win this game with ease. They can win by a touchdown, and I can still feel wonderful about Cowboys plus eight with that defense's ability to make plays, to Cooper Rush's ability to not make the big mistake, to move the ball down the field. He surprised some people getting CeeDee Lamb involved, getting Noah Brown involved big time on the offense last week. I think this is a great spot for the Cowboys to cover the plus eight. I think there's a chance for them to win it. I'm staying far away from that minus one unless it's Monday night and I'm feeling frisky and I had a good Sunday. I'll probably throw something down, maybe a same game parlay. But as for a, for a bet, Panthers plus eight and a half. I love it. Cowboys plus eight. Get through those key numbers. Feel wonderful about it. That's my teaser for the week. Patty B, your final pick, Pat. What do you think of that, though? What do you think about the Cowboys plus eight real quick? I mean, you would you would think that the Giants, you know, can't blow anybody out, let alone, you know, win in the past. And this year now they're, you know, they're a different team under Brian Dayball, right? I don't think they're 2-0 and under any other previous head coach. But at the same time, they still don't have the weapons uh, to blow teams out. I think Dallas's defense, especially with Dak getting hurt week one, you know, only giving up 19 to Tampa Bay, which doesn't look all that mightily impressive right now in hindsight, but still, and then the defensive performance they put on against Cincinnati, you got to give them credit. So yeah, I think the giants are going to struggle to put up points once again, you know, that, that over under is what 30, 37, 38 right now. I mean, I'd be surprised how the team gets to 20. I'm going to tell you that. So I, I like that. Yeah. And it's, it's really just like the Panther saints is as, as much of a faith bet in the Cowboys or Panthers as it is a fade of the saints and giants ability to win by, almost double digit points, right? Like the giants win maybe once a year by 10 points. Like there might be years in the past couple. They haven't won any games by double digits. I'd have to check. So I, I, I that's why I went for it. And I, I really like that one. So Patty B, why don't you give us your last pick for week three? All right. So last pick, uh, I was toying on whether or not to go straight under on this bet, considering all of the people on offense that are going to be missing. But um, you know, Again, when I also have a, a pretty decent lean that I think this team's not going to get blown out, I think they're going to win the game, but let alone get blown out, I don't think there's any chance. So I am kind of on the opposite of Mark here in this one. I'm going Packers plus seven and a half and under 47 and a half uh, minus 110 odds. I mean, look, you know, again, let's start with the injuries for Tampa Bay. I mean, my God, is there any more team more banged up than them right now? 
Evans suspended. Godwin's basically out already. Uh, I would say there's 1% shot he plays. Julio Jones is a game-time decision. Russell Gage is playing hurt. Rashad Perriman is limited. Leonard Fournette is limited. And we know Gio Bernard is out for Tampa Bay. Plus, their guards have been terrible. Donovan Smith, the left tackle, is banged up. And Akeem Hicks on the defensive side has already been ruled out uh, again in this one. You look at Green Bay. They're not in a you know a much better spot. Lazard, questionable, but did play last week. Expected to play this week. Watkins and Cobb, maybe more so you know in the, on the negative side in terms of the faith you have in them playing. And then, I mean, look, so is David Bakhtiari going to get his ass back on the field once and for all and for good or what? Because this is a spot where they need him. Against that Tampa Bay front seven, against that Tampa Bay pass rush, if Rodgers – was there ever a time to have his number one guy protecting his blind side? It is this Sunday. Hopefully Bakhtiari plays, um, you know, and, and gives them a little bit more protection. Uh, but, you know, look, Tampa, the, both these offenses have struggled big time through two weeks. And when I look at how this game, I expect this game to shake out. I think the, the Green Bay Packers got away from the run game in week one against Minnesota. They got down early. There was no Lazard. You know, Christian Watson is dropping wide open touchdowns. And then, you know, not that Chicago – is a formidable opponent, but I think the game plan, the game script, getting back to the run game, getting Aaron Jones, getting A.J. Dillon as the bruiser, um, I, I thought it was a beautiful mix for them. I thought they handled that game. They managed that game incredibly well. And, um, you know, look, Matt LaFleur, they were dogs. They were three-point dogs to open up. He's 9-3 and three against the spread as an underdog. Now, this might this might even go to a pick by the time Sunday hits, but either way, in spots like this, I rely, I'm going to rely on the Packers here to, to show up for the defense, which has been pretty good so far through two weeks to give you another solid performance, especially with all the injuries Brady's offense has. I mean, look, who's Tom throwing the ball? Who's he throwing the ball to on Sunday? Scotty Miller and Cameron Brait? I mean, they tried that a bunch on Sunday against New Orleans. I mean, what? It looked like they ran like six, seven, basically fly routes with Scotty Miller. It looks like that's, that's how limited this offensive game plan is right now. Uh, and I think the Packers defense is good enough to keep Tampa Bay probably under 21, 24 points. And, uh, you know, again, Rodgers, if he's throwing to Lazard, they've got that run game. I think you could trust their offense more than you can Tampa Bay's right now. Um, and, again, what is the what is the line moving show you? Tampa Bay's undefeated at home, and the spread has gone from three and a half to one and a half, one. So I, I think the line's moving in the right direction. And, um, you know, again, I'm going back to the well with the same game teaser here. Packers plus seven and a half, under 47 and a half, minus 110 odds. I'm seeing even in some places it's down to a pick and pat. So that even more so it lends to your favor there with the Packers. And uh, now you and Shen are, you know, kind of middling each other here. You both can easily win this bet, frankly. And two offenses that we've looked at as juggernauts over the past couple of years, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for even longer than that in general. Now it's defensive run game battles a little bit. It's going to be a lot of Leonard Fournette. It's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Now the Bucks have had one of the better run defenses in the league for the past two years. Uh, but the Packers run game is so multiple and Aaron Jones gets involved in more ways than just running with the pass game. So I, I love it there. And I, I think both of you guys have a chance to hit your legs. So Shen, why don't you hit us with your last pick? All right. <clears throat> last pick, a little bit of an NFC showdown here. Two legs. Wow. We'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles on the road and land over Maryland. Pat, you talked about this game, but I think you missed the biggest headline coming into this game. And that's Carson Wentz will be going up against his former team. Um, I have zero faith in Carson Wentz and I have even less than zero faith in him in big games. Um, he still has zero playoff wins to his name for anybody who's counting. 
Um, and that performance in Jacksonville in week week 18 last year, I do, do I need to even go go into that? That's why he's not on the Colts anymore as it is. And the Philadelphia Eagles have looked fantastic the first two weeks. Um, look, I know the uh, the Commanders beat Jacksonville week one, but they were down in the fourth quarter in that game with about seven, eight minutes to go. And then they got beat by the Lions uh, last week in Detroit. Um, with the way Philadelphia is playing right now and Jalen Hurts is leading that team, I think the Eagles will be just as up for this game to just stick it to Wentz more so than anything else. And they'll be on their A game. So give me the Eagles to – Get out to a, a 3-0 start. They're just as hot as anybody else in the league right now. Um, and then, Pete, you alluded to this in one of your earlier picks. Uh, Dallas Cowboys plus 7.5 Monday night. You have, I think, plus 8. I've got plus 7.5. Um, these two picks together are minus 115 as of right now. Um, look, the New York Giants, two words for them. Total frauds. 2-0, total frauds. They've got two wins coming into this year. I was shooting for the second pick in the draft, not two wins through the first two weeks. Um, I have no idea how they beat the Titans. The Panthers, week two, a little bit. I have a little bit more of a clue, but that's the Carolina Panthers. Um, I know Cooper Rush is playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, but, hey, if you can go into Minnesota and beat Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson, there is zero reason you can't go into your division rival and beat Daniel freaking Jones. He's horrible. And I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. He's absolutely horrible. Um, Micah Parsons and the Dallas defense, who have looked fantastic through the first two weeks, in my opinion, will feast on this Giants team. Who's Daniel Jones going to throw the ball to here? Kenny Galladay got, what, two snaps last week or something crazy like that? Um, and you're telling me I can get Dallas plus seven and a half here? They don't even have to win the game? This is too easy. Philadelphia money line, Dallas Cowboys plus seven and a half in a game. I think they win anyway. Minus 115, lock it, load it, cash it. In case you guys didn't know, Mark Shanlugan is a New York Giants fan. In case you didn't know, you wouldn't maybe be able to tell. <laughs> but uh, no, it's fair. It's fair because I'm, I feel the same way, Mark. Like, I'm with you. It's obvious that they're not a legitimate like 2 0, 4 0 type team. They're not that good. They can't really score still. Like they've won these games by the skin of their teeth. Uh, and they just are lucky to still have an easy schedule to this point. When they play the Packers in a couple of weeks, what's the spread going to be? Nine and a half, ten and a half? It's going to be enormous because they can't score, right? So I'm with you, and that's why I went Cowboys plus eight. I just don't think they have what it takes to win by more than a touchdown against anybody, against anybody in the league. That's how bad they look offensively sometimes and how lost they look. And for every time they have a big play and for every time Saquon Barkley uh, blows one up and, and goes for 50, yeah, it's exciting. It's fun. Giants fans want to hang their hat on it. It's not enough. It's not enough to be consistently good in this league, and they're not that team. They're not that good. So I'm with you, Mark, as well. Uh, I'm going to go with my last pick here. Another straight bet for you guys. My fourth straight bet, my fourth road straight bet, Jaguars plus three and a half at the Los Angeles Chargers. This was uh, unfortunate timing. If we recorded this last night like we planned to on Thursday night, I would have gotten this number at six and a half. I wanted to take the Jaguars at six and a half either way. Now, Justin Herbert seems to be out on Sunday. So you get the Jaguars at plus three and a half. I mean, listen, for as talented as this Chargers team is, for as great as Justin Herbert is, they don't have the propensity to constantly put teams away. They don't frequently dominate teams from start to finish and end games up by 21 points. It's just not something we've seen very frequently from this team, whether it be coaching from Brandon Staley and his decision-making or Joe Lombardi's 
uh, conservative style offense with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's very frustrating to watch Herbert get stripped of his powers on occasion because they're throwing the ball only five yards down the field at a clip. Now Chase Daniels in at quarterback. What do you expect? The same thing. They're not going to be an explosive explosive offense. They're not really that explosive with Justin Herbert. They're not going to be explosive with Chase Daniel. And this Jacksonville Jaguars offense has been sneaky good this year. Trevor Lawrence is taking that step into becoming a true franchise quarterback. The difference between Doug Peterson and Urban Meyer is immense and is showing itself early. Yeah, they're one and one, but you have to feel really good. Apparently, uh, DVOA has their early numbers out, and Jacksonville's offense is ranked number two. Really small sample size, obviously, but it's talking to the efficiency that this Jaguars offense is playing with and the ability that Trevor Lawrence has showed from year one to year two to get the ball out quicker, to get it to his playmakers, and some of those playmakers are better than than we want to give credit for. Kirk looks really good. Robinson and ETN haven't exploded yet, but they're on the precipice. I like the Jaguars at plus six and a half. With the news about Herbert, it's down to three and a half. I still like the Jaguars to cover the field goal, if not win this game outright. I'm going to sprinkle the money line too, but my last pick, Jaguars plus three and a half at the Los Angeles Chargers. That's what we got. That's that's 15 picks for you people again. Five from each of us, like we will do all year long. Pat, Shen, how are we feeling right now heading into week three weekend? Big bounce back ahead. Big bounce back ahead. Um, you know, again, just to recap, I don't I don't see how either the Chiefs or the Bengals lose. I don't. I think it's gonna take another magical performance from Joe Flacco and the Jets. I think people are like, if there's ever been more of an overreaction. And maybe it's because we're in New York and I, you know, working at the fan, I, I've heard all of it all week. Like, talk of should the Jets stick with Joe Flacco? Oh, against Zach White. Uh, Zach White. I keep saying Zach White. I said it two weeks ago on the pod. Zach Wilson, mixing up Zach Wilson and Mike White. Should they stick with Joe Flacco over Zach Wilson? If he's like, what are we talking about? The Browns had that game in the bag and then totally collapsed. I mean, I could have thrown that touchdown to make it a, a six-point game that Flacco threw to Corey Davis. Nobody was even on him. And Joe Flacco, yeah, you got to give him credit, I guess, for that final drive. I mean, you recovered an onside kick. It's not like he had to go the length of the field. He went 50 yards, and the Browns were playing prevent defense not to lose. So, But now and all of a sudden, Joe Flacco, should the Jets stick with him? I mean, holy shit. Talk about an overreaction. Um and I just don't see any way in hell the Bengals' uh, offensive line is that pathetic again for the third straight week. So I don't see how that loses. I'm very, very supremely confident in that pick. The Ravens won. You know, unless the Ravens put up 40 points, uh, I don't see how that loses. And uh, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to uh, to have Mark be proven wrong when Carson Wentz steps up in the uh, the reunion game and, and puts in a f- fantastic performance. I also think Philly's due for a little bit of a, uh, you know, regression to the mean here. Again, I was on the train going into the offseason, but now I feel like everybody's on it. Um, who is it? Coward was saying that the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC. I mean, let's be real here. So they're a good team. They're not an elite team yet. Um, and I think Washington does a good job with them. Lions, I think they keep it close. Rams, I think they win. No shot. They lose by more than a field goal. My least confident one is probably that Packers one. Um, just because there's so many injuries on the offensive side. Uh, but I, I don't think there's a ton of points. So if there's one bet that loses, if the Bucks win by 10 and it's like a 24-14 game, I'm going to be very upset that I didn't just bet the under straight up. But I'm feeling, I'm feeling great, man. Without look, and I appreciate that breakdown, Pat. That was, that was good. But I have a question for you guys, a little trivia here. Uh, without, looking, without looking too closely to the lines here, what's the biggest line of week three? What's the biggest spread? 
Anybody know? Just a number. I don't need to know the game. Just the biggest. I don't think game. I don't think I've seen one more than seven. That is correct. The biggest spread is six and a half this week. After week two, with a multitude of double-digit spread games, we don't have one spread in week three. That's even at seven. The highest is the Eagles minus six and a half uh, against the Commanders, and then we have Bengals minus six at Jets, Vikings minus six home against um, the, the the Lions. So. Very different week this week. So, Shen, what is your blow-up spot? What is the one game, uh, I guess anywhere in that minus five, minus six range, that you think the underdog actually has a chance to win? Can I just get a quick retort as to what my, you know, contemporary said before? How'd that work out last week with the Titans and Bills with you going against me? But – we digress. Wait, you were one in four last week. Who are you talking about? Yeah, what, what are you talking about? I had the about? Bills. If you go back to the, the podcast, I said the Bills big, and they okay. slammed the Titans, okay. and Pat had them with okay. the points in his bet. Okay, Shen. So you take your one hit out of five, and you're going to try to rub it. That's in Mark's well, life. That's going, Mark's you're life. You're talking about going against me. That's you were exactly one and four. To. You have no right. Let me, let me now answer your other question, Pete, as to how I'm feeling and to what could possibly blow up my spot this week. Pete, I'm feeling like a frat boy heading into the Friday afternoon, heading into Memorial Day weekend. We're going to score some wins and have a hell of a weekend this weekend. Okay. There's nothing blowing me up. Not anything. Not one thing. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. And just book it. There we go. I'll see you all at the cash out window. Oh, my God. The confidence spewing out of Mark Shanlugan's mouth after a one and four showing in week two. You better flip it around, my three and seven brother. That's not very good. Uh, but that's okay. Let's, that's great. Let's, let's also not forget Mark was on the bears and I was on the Packers and you got slammed on that one. So, all right. So all you guys taking your, your minor wins and trying to rub it in each other's faces. Let's get, let's get a winning week out of one of you guys. How about that? Fair <laughs> well, but that was way less of a differential. I lost by two and a half with that spread. He lost by like 15 or 16, but go ahead. It's right. I'm, 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 I'm talking- a loss, dude. I'm talking all this smack. I'm only one game ahead of you guys in the standing, so I'm just messing. But, uh, yeah, four and six for me, three and seven for Pat and Shen. Looking to climb back to 500. If uh, I'm looking for four and one this week. I'm hoping for four and one. I think my blow-up spot might be the uh, the Falcons or the Raiders here um, just because I think that the Raiders are very public right now, and a lot of people are saying they're just better. But I agree. They're just better. They're going to beat the Titans. So uh, I'm, I'm liking our odds for this week. I think we're going to have a good one. Winning week for the boys for PBS, Pete, Boyle, and Shen. That's all we got. Subway Sports Talk. Thank you for listening. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on your podcast app. Subscribe, hit the notification bell on YouTube, and then hit us on social media at Subway Sports Talk. We'll be posting some pics there, posting the graphic up there so you can follow along on your Sunday and send us your best locks of the week. Because guess what? If you're talking smack about us losing our records, you better put your money where your mouth is and talk to us about some of your picks. All right, people? So I want to hear it at Subway Sports Talk. At MShen26 for Mark Shen Lugan, at Pat Boyle44 for Pat, at Pete Kennedy Two Wise for me. So thanks for listening, everybody. Week three is here. We'll be back next week. Talk all sorts of stuff: baseball, football, the whole nine. Subway Sports Talk. Thanks for listening. Cheers. <laughs>